Hey guys, it's Matt, the South Coast Kook. Today on the show, I have Kate Cliff from Kate Cliff Meditation. We had a chance to catch up and talk about her inspirational story, surfing, and all things meditation. I hope you guys enjoy. I'm the South Coast Kook, Matt, and today on the show, I have Kate Cliff. Uh, how you going, Kate? I'm good. Thanks for having me. Oh, I'm stoked to have you here. So I thought we'd start by just introducing yourself. Tell me a little bit about yourself. Uh, I'm Kate. I'm from the South Coast, um, born, down, born down here. Um, grew up here, went to uni here, um, moved to Sydney for a little bit for work. Um, and then, yeah, never saw myself leaving the South Coast. Um, so got back here um, as soon as I can could. Um, and I teach meditation. Uh, it's the thing that changed my life. Uh, so I love, um, teaching people how to do that. I'm a Vedic meditation teacher, which is a really specific technique of meditation. Cool. Um, and I've been doing that for the last almost eight years now, primarily based here on the South Coast. Uh, and I'm a surfer as well. Awesome. So how long have you been surfing for? I've been surfing for um, about six years now, um, but it hasn't been kind of um, maybe a smooth six years yeah. uh, in there. So um, I had always wanted to surf. So growing up on the South Coast, um, girls just didn't surf. Um, and I had two older brothers. They were always surfing. I worked in surf shops, so from 14 I was working in surf shops. Um, Which is the one that I work at now. Yeah. Shout out to Natural Necessity. I worked I worked at two others as well, oh. but I also worked at that one, yeah. Um, and, I yeah, I had boyfriends that surfed and it was just something that, um, yeah, girls just didn't do and I'd always wanted to. Um, and I was... I just finished my HSC. I just turned 18. I was saying to my brother, take me surfing, take me surfing, please take me surfing. Yeah. Um, so he took me out Bombo. Um, and that was kind of, you know, when I first first had um, my first experience of that. So it would have been like on a, you know, six foot shortboard, yeah. um, you know, in a bikini kind of thing. Like not the easiest Not the easiest experience. start, no. And I'd grown up watching Kelly Slater and, yeah. you know, it just all looked so easy. Um, we then went on a, a trip up to my grandparents in Byron um, and same thing, take me out, take me out, take me out surfing. And it was just a lot harder than what I'd grown up thinking that it looked like. Um, but, yeah, obviously having the right equipment in terms of, you know, a wetsuit, right board, yeah. all those sorts of things. Um, and then I got back to the South Coast and I was having all these kind of medical tests and things and um, they were allergy testing me and stuff like that and, that week they thought it was tomatoes was what the issue was. And so they'd eliminated tomatoes from my diet that week. Um, and in my head, I kind of thought, you know, it seems to be, the issue seems to be when I get cold, but that seemed a bit crazy. And um, I went for a swim with some girlfriends um, across the river and back. Um, and then I went into full anaphylactic shock and passed oh. out. So... Um, I was going to take half an hour to get an ambulance here, um, back then. And so a friend's neighbor was a doctor. Um, he broke into the local 
doctor surgery and grabbed an adrenaline shot and get, administered that to me. Um, and I was then diagnosed with a condition, an autoimmune disease called cold urticaria. Um, and he had recognised it because his sister-in-law had the same condition. Um, so what that meant was that when I got cold, my blood cells expanded um, and the blood didn't go to my vital organs. It went to my skin. Oh. And so when you get cold, your blood cells, they contract. Um, and so what it meant, that diagnosis, was that um, I had a medical bracelet, I had an adrenaline shot, I couldn't go swimming, I couldn't go to the snow. Oh, um, yeah. That's tough. Um, and I, you know, I... I it, the onset is between 18 and 25. You know, I'd finally finished, you know, the HSC and yeah. all that sort of thing. Was super keen to sort of start surfing. Um, the ocean and the, the beach, you know, living on the South Coast had always been my life. Um, and, yeah, you know, it was this kind of really terrifying thing uh, that happened because obviously I was unconscious for a really long time. Um, so, yeah, so um, spent, uh, you know, uh, a lot of my, um, you know, future thinking that I wouldn't uh, get to be yeah. a surfer. Yeah. Um, so. That would definitely be, like, scary. Like, it would be hard to get back in the water after that. Like. Yeah, well, um, I then had, you know, my health. I had a whole number of, um, yeah, health conditions following on from that. Um and, you know, the most serious of which being um, being hit by a car as a pedestrian yeah. uh, in Sydney. So I'd moved to Sydney to work as a lawyer um, and I was leaving work one evening. I was on a pedestrian crossing and a taxi came a corner, around a corner and just wiped me out. Uh, <laughs> so hit me through my right side, threw me on the bonnet through the front, he wasn't stopping. I was on the bonnet screaming for him to stop. That's insane. Um, yeah, and I remember the whole thing. Um, when he did slam his brakes on, apparently all the onlookers were just like, this girl is gone because they just thought my head was just going <sighs> to slam into the road. And I had a beautiful big handbag and my handbag landed and my head just landed on it like a pillow. Um, so very fortunate to be here. Um, that was the fourth time I'd almost died. So there'd been two in between the, um, you know, Anaph the anaphylactic shock. Um, but I did have, um, some damage to, um, the, the discs in my, in my spine. Um, my brain had rattled around in my head. So I had, uh, a type of brain damage, um, I was had really severe post traumatic stress disorder from that experience. Oh, as as you would. I woke up one yeah. morning and I got up and I went to work and I went and did you know I left the house and you did what everyone else does. Yeah, obeyed all the rules of the world and you know you almost die. Um, and so yeah, it was you know um, I couldn't feel my legs. It was terrifying. Um, and, yeah, then I spent um, about three and a half months on my back in a neck brace, uh, not knowing what my life would look like, and I was 26. Um, I could just, like, um, I couldn't even imagine what was, like, running through your head, like, through those three months. It, it must... I was really angry. I really hated the world. Um, and, like, why me? 
like I have been through so much. Yeah. Why me again? Um, kind of thing. But um, I had a really um, good friend from school. Um, he had an accident not that long after mine. So he was working in a mine site in WA um, and a crane fell on him at four o'clock in the morning and he was gone. So he was just this larger-than-life um beautiful, amazing energy that everybody just loved. He lit up a room and he'd already been through adversity and yet that was still his, you know, his, the presence he was bringing to the world. You know, he wasn't, he didn't have a chip on his shoulder about that. And, you know, I was, I was, if I was angry before, I was, really freaking angry now because of all the, you know, of all the people in the world to take, why would you take him? Yeah. And then I had this realisation that we'd both had accidents and mine had gone one way and his had gone another and that, you know, really I'd been given an opportunity that he didn't have. Um, and if he had that opportunity, I knew from his past experiences that he would have made the most of every day. Uh, yeah. He would have, you know, brought that big, bubbly, sparkly, smiley energy to the world. And I just made a pact with him that I was going to live my life fully for the two of us. Um, that that was, you know, that was how I was going to honour the opportunity that I had been given that he hadn't. Yeah. Um, and so then I just set out to figure out how I was going to change my life pretty much because, um, you know, it was pretty much 13 months of um, doing everything and ev- anything with everybody. So yeah. physio, chiro, neurologist. Yeah. Um, naturopaths, um, you know, any anybody that you could think of, um, you know, I, I had them on my team um, and, yeah, it was, it was really scary and really um, difficult um, to, yeah, to get up every day and, you know, I was in excruciating pain physically and emotionally. Yeah. I was barely sleeping. I got to the point where I couldn't take any more painkillers anymore because they were doing internal damage to my body. Yeah. Um, and the head psychologist of the pain management unit had told me that I needed to let go of the old Kate and let go of my hopes and my dreams and that wasn't going to be my life anymore. And, you know, I was someone that loved going to festivals yeah. and, you know, um, it's already hard to wake up and do another day of your life and now you're telling me, like, that even if I work as hard as I, you know, possibly can, um, that, you know, uh, you're not offering me much of a life. Like, yeah. wh- why would I want to be here? Why would I want to do all this work that I'm doing physically and emotionally, you know, if at the end of the day I'm not going to have a very, you know, high quality of life? Um, but that kind of lit a fire under me as well. I was like, right, 
you know, I'm not okay with that. Yeah. Um, and, you know, actually, you know, you're not, a, not someone I want on my team. Um, and I think yeah. having, having amazing people around you is really important. So I started with this amazing uh, rehab specialist in Sydney, uh, Alex Sherborne. And the first thing he did was like, right, I want you to write down your rehab goals. I want you to dream big, like yeah. the biggest, like just as big as you can possibly dream. Yeah. I'm like, right. Well, I want to be surfing. <laughs> I want to be, uh, you know, doing the Bondi to Coogee again because that was something I enjoyed doing and yep. I want to wear high heels. I was a 26-year-old, you know, yep. girl. Well, 27 by that point. I'm like, I want to wear high heels. He's like, right, okay, let's go. And I'm like, so with the surfing, um, yeah. so I'm allergic to the cold. I can't <laughs> actually go in the water. Yeah. It's like, right, okay, yep, cool. Nothing was like a no from him. Everything was just like Which a, is what you want in your team. Yeah. You everything that. was like, okay, cool. We're going we're gonna to problem solve this. Like, yeah. awesome. Um, and so, but one of the things he was on at me about was you've got to learn to meditate. You have got to learn to meditate. You are not sleeping, your body can't heal, you know, you can't be in the condition for your body to recover from this. Like, you've got to go and learn to meditate. Um, And so he was like, there was like three people were like, you know, it was was just surrounding me, meditation, meditation, like, got to meditate. And I was like, you know, yeah, like I've tried some of that white light, relax your little finger, think about a beach in Hawaii thing, like not really for me hasn't really worked and he knew that I was just this evidence-based goal-oriented lawyer and he just went in on that level with me he just went in on all the science and all the you know medical studies to showing you know the benefits of meditation and also his experience of seeing clients you know have these incredible results from having done it um, so I went and learned a technique called Vedic meditation. Um, yep. so you can learn that in a weekend. So it's a four session course, um, an hour and a half in the morning, an hour and a half in the afternoon. Um, you meditate for 20 minutes. Um, it's provides really deep rest really quickly. The body's biochemistry shifting from adrenaline and cortisol to serotonin and dopamine, all of that blissful feel good biochemistry. And the first 20 minute meditation I did like that on the very first day was pain relief. Unlike anything I had experienced. The The first one, the very first one, it was like an exhale of like this being in this really dark 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 tunnel and just having this glimmer of light and being like having this huge exhale like okay I can do another day of my life because at this point I two of Sydney's top neurosurgeons were telling me you need to have surgery you need to have it now this needs to happen you need more quality of life than this yeah um, I'd been negotiating with them not to operate on my spinal cord, um, which sounds, you know, interesting in hindsight, but I was a lawyer and that was what I knew how to do. I knew how to negotiate, negotiate yeah. like, give me more time. Let's see what my body can do. Um, purely because, um, they weren't quite sure what was going on. I was having a whole heap of symptoms. I was having kind of paralysis type symptoms down my arms and my legs and my face. And, and, um, they were just saying that there must be more going on than what they can see in the scans. 
Um, so they kind of just wanted to explore. Well, also they were saying they weren't quite sure what surgery they'd be doing, that when they opened me up then they'd kind of have more of an idea. Um, they were giving me a 6 out of 10 chance. Um, and the the risk were quadriplegia, paraplegia and death. Um, That's and it just didn't sit well. It just didn't no, sit no, well that... with me at all. Um, and I knew, you know, I, I, I was, you know, it, 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 you know, I really did have, you know, a huge team working with me. Um, and you know, but with meditation, I had absolutely nothing left to lose and everything to gain. Yeah. And I don't know if I just thought, well, maybe this will help me sleep. And, you know, when you're barely sleeping two hours a night, you know, getting some yeah. more rest than that is going to be, you know, <laughs> a game changer in itself. Um, but, yeah, I I had this first session where I just felt um, just so much relief like relief from the pain relief from everything that had been my life to that point um it was just extraordinary um so so sorry from when you like got hit by the car mm -hmm. to now doing the meditation like how long into the process into the recovery until you found meditation or was it kind of like 13 months 13 months after my after. accident yeah so do you, do you was wish you found it earlier well, 100%. Yeah, I wish I'd had it when I was five. Like, yeah, I teach yeah, five-year-olds yeah. how to meditate yeah. and I'm like, oh, this is this is so awesome that you get to have this at this stage of your yeah, life. Yeah, yeah. But I think for me, um, because I was this evidence-based driven lawyer, I think for me I needed to have all those other pieces of the puzzle. Like I needed to have done, you know, I explored, um, you know, working with a huge team of people. So I was doing all mm. of these different things and adding in Vedic meditation was really, it, that is the thing that changed my life. Yeah. Um, and I think for me, I really needed to- You needed to get to that stage. Get to that yeah. stage. Um, and yeah, and to be really, um, you know, because you're in these pain management clinics and they're writing up programs for you. And you're meant to be able to, you know, progress each week. And I was either unable to progress or I was going backwards. And so, you know, and like I started with my, um, you know, my rehab was looking with my eyes on my back from, you know, the right eye to the left side of the brain and the left eye to the right side of the brain. Like it's a real, like when yeah. I think I'm a really, um, you know, I forge forward kind of person, but when I, when I pull myself back to those moments in time, um, it was, it was excruciating and it was day after day and, you know, and that was my life and, and just being somebody who, um, you know, I uh, always give like 110% to everything yeah. and get, you know, great marks and, you know, all yeah, of them. Yeah, and you're yeah. someone who's a real striver and you're very driven and you're giving it your all and, you know, you're not seeing progress, it's scary because it's like, well, how much, how much do I have in me? And, um, you know, what does, 
tomorrow look like and how long can I do this for? Yeah. Um, oh, man. Like, I, I've never been through, like, anything like that. And I just tip my hat to you because you were just, like, the happiest, bubbliest person <laughs> I've met. <laughs> and, like, it's just crazy, like. Well, I think, you know, I'm, I'm so grateful that that happened to me. I don't recommend it. <laughs> it's, not, it's not like, yeah. it's not somebody, something I would wish any other person would need to go through. But, it you know, it absolutely got me to um, something that changed my life and that I now have embarked on this path of sharing with other people. Um, and, you know... I, at the time before I got hit by that car, I was working in a top law firm in Australia. I was feeling really unfulfilled. Um, I you know, had worked really hard at school to get the marks to get into uni to, you know, and then really hard at uni to get the marks to get into a great firm. You're in a firm and you're working really hard and you're realizing there's no finish line like there's no you know that day's never coming um and i had no skill set to manage the stress of that environment i was getting sicker and sicker and sicker over the course of my life um and i was asking a lot of questions about what it meant like you know to be fulfilled and was i being naive about you know, wanting work to do that. Could you love your job? Yeah. Um, is that realistic or was I being – because I was feeling unfulfilled. I was – I should have been really happy. You know, I ticked all these boxes that yeah. the world says, you know. This, this is what this you need to be happy. to do. I never saw myself in Sydney. I never wanted to leave the South Coast, but it was kind of like that's, you know, that's what you need to do. You need to go get this great training and things like that. Um, and, you know, I was – doing pro bono work on the side. I was mentoring on the side, like, and I just still, you know, wasn't, you know, uh, there was something inside of me that was, you know, um, and the, I was being mentored myself as well by the UN delegate for the rights of people with disabilities. And he was saying to me, it's time to do your PhD. It's time to go work for the UN. And that was part of, you know, my dream and going to Sydney to go and get good training, you know? Yeah. And, the idea of further study really resonated with me, um, but there wasn't something kind of in law that I was, you know, really passionate about. And, you know, and then, you know, at that moment, <laughs> you know, I'd spent the day with him delivering. Um, we were working on this huge project um, on um, educating the top HRs of, um, you know, global companies on harassment, sexual harassment and discrimination in the workplace. Um, we'd been working on that for three months. I woke up, you know, got in the office at 7 o'clock, delivered all day, and then, you know, it went absolutely amazing. It looked like we were going to be travelling all around Australia delivering, um, you know, this education, and, and then I was hit by a car. Um, and I think I wouldn't have electively stepped out of law. I think um, the world did that for me and actually I went back into law after my accident as well um, but I went into law to help people and make a difference and I was back in the legal industry and looking around at all these lawyers who were just like me and you know it's like oh 
well, they're just like me, but you know, they're never going to find this and I don't want them to have to get hit by a car to to get to it. And, you know, and I've been in all these pain management clinics and rehabilitation centres with people in worse positions than me and looking around and going, you know, they were, everyone was starting to see my progress. So I learned Saturday, Sunday, on the Monday morning, I woke up to a car alarm going off and I thought, oh, this is so annoying um, because it was winter, it was dark, I didn't know what time it was, I had no idea. I looked at the clock, it was 7am and I had slept for 12 hours. <sighs> I was like, oh my goodness. Oh. And I went in for rehab and Alex is feeling around my neck. Um, so I'm lying on my stomach. He's like, what did you do on the weekend? I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, what did you do on the weekend? I'm like, I learned to meditate. He's like, oh, my goodness, I am so proud of you. Your neck has never felt so good. I'm like, are you serious? He's like, yes. Um, And just, you know, it was the from then, um, you know, body starting to sleep, starting to be able to eat, um, starting to be able to do more rehabilitation. So I was starting yeah. to do, you know, five minutes of flat grass walking and then six minutes of flat grass walking yeah. and then seven minutes and what about five minutes on an exercise bike? And it was just, you know, we used the meditation um, before the rehab and after the rehab. So like 20 minutes of meditation, five minutes of grass walking, 20 minutes of meditation. Like it was, you know, yeah. when I talk about my goals and my progress like it's pretty crazy to look back on you know what it was yeah where I was at um to where I am now yeah well I messaged you today you went for two surfs today <laughs> two surfs today yes <laughs> how good is that yeah well and that's the other thing so um yeah my so my autoimmune disease as well um you know started to um, heal like yeah. I I just you know everything started to get better everything started to get better and um yeah he he got me in a steamer and got me in a heated pool yeah and we were like he's like right we're gonna start with five steps in a heated pool and then 10 and then you know a few strokes and then yeah. a few more strokes and one day he said to me how do you feel about you know Bronte Rockpool and I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. Like, what do you reckon? He's like, yeah, I reckon on the weekend, get your steamer, go to Bronte Rockpool, just, you know, do a few steps in there. Um, and so summer in a steamer in Bronte Rockpool, <laughs> yeah. taking a few steps. Um, but yeah. it must have felt so good getting back in the water. Like, unbelievable. Yeah. I can still remember there's this day in Bronte Beach and I was, floating on my back in a bikini and I was so happy I was laughing. Yeah. And I just was like That's amazing. Honestly. Just did not think that that would be well obviously there's a part of me that didn't think that I would be there because I was like this is my goal let's yeah. go <laughs> but to actually uh, realize it um, was incredible. Um, and so I turned 30 and my mum said, what do you want for your birthday? I said, I want a surfboard. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. <laughs> so I, um, you know, in hindsight, didn't start out probably on the right equipment for me, but 
Um, I w- walked into the shop and there was this six o chubby um, that just spoke to me. Yep. Um, and I was like, that's my board. Yep. Um, and, yeah, so I knew that pretty much I'd be just getting out there on my own. I needed something I could just throw into my little car and just get out there. I had real um, concerns, I guess, about um, nose diving and spinal damage and all of that sort of thing. So a long board, a big board just wasn't kind of yeah. what I wanted at all. Yep, yep. Um, my very first surf on that board, my brother took me out. My, so my other brother, um, my older brother, um, and... He suggested the wedge at Kayama and I knew that there was surf coming and I was like, no, like it's going to be big. So we went down to Jeroa and um, he didn't have a board. He just, he was just swimming and it was pretty sizey. Um, there was a moment where the board hit me in the head. He was like, right, we can't go in on that one. You've got to get back on the horse. Um, and we got back out uh, onto the sand afterwards and he's like, oh, to be honest, I didn't know which of us was going to drown, you or me. <laughs> <laughs> so it was like straight in the deep end, straight out the back into the unbroken waves. Um, and then from there, I just used to take myself down to Jaroa, um and just catch the whitewash and just practice my pop-ups and stuff like that. Yep. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was really interesting kind of, yeah, the fear around... Um, yeah, spinal damage, like, like kind what of, could happen? Yeah, yeah like um, hitting hitting the bottom and that sort of thing. Uh, and then also uh, just not being a, a full a year round surfer. So I, you know, I'd surf as much into winter as I could, and then it would kind of get wetter and colder and all yeah. of that, and then try and pick it up again the next year. Um, and you've kind of not starting from scratch, but you've got a fair way to go kind of there um but it was really good for me that board to um just get really comfortable um paddling around and and those sorts of things um and then I moved up to Byron um and that was really not the right equipment uh to have up there no not at the pass and stuff like that more of a longboard kind of a wave um and also when I um got hit by the car, my right shoulder came across to protect my heart. So I was really, really crooked for a long time and I'd worked really hard to get that back into alignment. Um, And so, yeah, you know, these years had passed and I'd been surfing and then my dad passed away and my shoulder went right back to that place again, protecting my heart. Um, and so it was really interesting because I'd had a relationship with my body where I was just for a long time, really hard on it and really kind of awful self-talk around it. And it was really amazing for me to be like, oh, wow, this is really cool intelligence. Like, you know, my body's trying to protect me right now. And it was like, we're okay. I'm okay. Like, okay, we've got to start doing some more, you know, go back to doing some rehab work again. Um, and so I couldn't actually, um, yeah, carry my board and paddle and all of those sorts of things. Um, so I got an eight foot foamy, um, up in Byron and, um, yeah. And I made some, some friends 
And, um, yeah, I had some guy friends that would give me a tap in, you know, even, you know, when my, when my shoulder was sore or whatever, they'd be like, that's right, we'll carry you board, we'll tap you in kind of thing. Um, and that was kind of having a year, like surfing year long um, and getting really confident, um, you know, catching waves. There was some interesting things I was doing though. So I would notice that um, sometimes I'd be paddling into a wave and I'd be either trying to get to my feet too soon or I'd be pulling off a wave. Yep. And it was because when... Um, a wave takes you so you know you're paddling and then you feel that the wave has you and it's going to start to take you that feeling actually felt like the same feeling of me um being on the front of the the taxi that hit me yeah yeah like that kind of so much like so much repercussions hey that like yeah your body like your mental and then like stuff like that it's Oh, it must, it must, I can't even like comprehend it all. You know what I mean? So when I say I've been surfing for six years, there's a part of me that feels like, you know, oh, I should have been able to progress, a, you know, a bit more than what I have. But yeah. it has been this real kind of, um, yeah, experience along the way where I've had to address things as I've gone. Yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, and that one in particular kind of, and it would you know, some days I'd be you know, like super just in the zone. Yeah, yeah. Everything's awesome. And then other days I'd be like, oh, I'm really aware of like, okay, I'm pulling off waves or I'm trying to get my feet. Like I'm trying to control this sense of, um, well, and that's what it is. You know, it's really wanting to control the situation kind of thing. Yeah. And had this experience of, of life being so out of control. Um so, yeah, to kind of um, work through all of that and to be in a place where, you know, I just I just love surfing yeah. so much and, um, you know, people will often say, like, you are the happiest person in the surf, like, we've ever seen or, like, that was a sick one but what was so good was just, like, you just had this biggest smile yeah. on your face the whole time. Yeah, just being so grateful for being out there and, and, and acknowledging kind of everything that it has taken for me, you know, to be out there and be where I am yeah. today. Yeah. Um, yeah, it just doesn't go, um, yeah, unacknowledged by me. Yeah. That's... I feel really, really grateful to yeah. to get to have that experience in my life. And like, this is the alley that I'm trying to go down. Like, I don't, I don't want to talk to the pro surfers that do it every day. I want to talk to the people that actually love surfing. You don't have to be the best surfer. You don't have to be this or that. You just want to, like, I love it, right? And I'm terrible. I'll tell you straight. I'm a terrible surfer, <laughs> but I love it. And I love, like, I can see it in your face when you're talking to me about it, just the passion about it as well. And just, there was something inside of me. So, like, I can remember, like, I was just lying on my back. I was in so much pain and I would close my eyes and I would see myself surfing. Yeah. Like, it was something so visceral. Like, it was something so deep within me that I had wanted to do. Yeah. Um, as long as I could remember. Like, we, you could do school surfing um, at the high school that I grew up. And there was one girl um, that would that would do it, and it was you know get your bronze medallion, and then a teacher would kind of you know supervise you all surfing at one of the main beaches kind of thing. It wasn't learn to surf, 
Um, but I just remember looking at her and going, oh, wow, like, I wish that I wish that I was her kind of yeah. thing. Like, it was something that I had just wanted to do for so long. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, to, to see myself um, doing that and, like, you know, I've gone over to Sri Lanka and surfed for a month in Sri Lanka, like, yeah. you know, nobody thought that was going to be my life and no. that trip was just absolutely unbelievable um i me and alex did it for our honeymoon and i surfed in sri lanka i totally get it how it's one of the best places to ever surf i reckon sri it lanka. was so much fun and even just like you know seeing my body day after day doing a big surf trip like that two three times a day yeah you know and i was it was after um after byron and i was walking up the beach the last day and i just had gotten you know these such sick waves and I yeah. progressed so much and I was just walking up the beach just crying just like thinking about my dad watching me and thinking about you know those days when I was like getting myself out of bed to go do my five minutes of flat grass walking <laughs> like be like because you know it was just a moment that just stopped me in my tracks um, and you know, there'd been an elephant on the beach and there'd be like, you know, it was just like, wow, this is my life. Like, yeah. this is unbelievable. Like, it's so cool. And, um, you know, and how hard I'd worked to get there. To get there. Yeah. It's, <laughs> your story is just so unbelievable. I, I like, I'm hanging on to every word you say. <laughs> so another question, right? What has been, like, what was the best wave of your life? If you could nail it down to one wave that really stands out. Yeah, I can see myself in Sri Lanka um, on our, uh, so I work with three not-for-profits over in Sri Lanka. Um, So we were helping um, children and women to swim and surf. We were educating on um, environmental impacts and we were cleaning beaches and and running that sort of thing. And then one of Sri Lanka's best surfers was taking us out surfing every day. Yeah. Um, And so I got really comfortable with him and he was just calling me into waves and, you know, he was taking us to wherever it was going to be the best that day. And I was just surfing kind of bigger and bigger stuff and then by the last day, you know, he took us out into like the desert, it seemed like desert. And then it was just this kind of local spot. We got there. And it was just kind of like five foot and crazy. <laughs> and the girls are like, and me are standing on the beach and he's like, all right, let's go. And they're just like, everyone's eyes are just like, whoa, this is crazy. We're paddling out there. He's like telling us like what we need to do to how to get out there and, um, you know, there's this wave coming and, you know, I'm thinking, like, I've got to paddle towards it to, like, get over it. He's like, all right, Kate, paddle. I'm like, yeah, I'm paddling. And he's like, turn around. <laughs> <laughs> I just got this sick kind of five-foot wave and, like, got it all the way down the beach, you know, jumped out, run across the beach, you know, jump back in again. And all the girls would just nickname me Crazy Kate for that moment <laughs> because he was calling them into waves and they're just like, nah, nah. <laughs> we're not doing it. Um, so I think just for me, just seeing my progression and seeing, yeah. um, because I can be quite timid at new 
beaches that I don't know. Yeah, yeah. And we, with we the all crowd and, you know, all of yeah. those sorts of things. And then, I mean, I can't go past Seven Mile. Like, oh, there was this one day down there, it was a girlfriend and I probably like 11 o'clock on a Tuesday or something, we just got this one bank about four foot to ourselves and about 20 dolphins and we still talk about that day because <sighs> we just got wave after wave after wave after wave with all these dolphins and it was just like it was the water was so blue, the day was so sunny and beautiful and, yeah, we're just like we live in paradise. Like it was just totally an unexpected surf like yeah. it was just so fun i think like being out there with dolphins too it's kind of like everything stops and you just like watch i don't know i, I just stop and i just watch them they're just they're mag- like magnificent creatures cruising around just doing their thing it's an unbelievable experience being in nature and being a part of nature like yeah. that and i don't think that um yeah, unless you surf, I, I haven't had that experience before. So I was in Byron and a turtle just popped up literally next to me, like yeah. crazy and like, yeah, dolphins so close and whales yeah. so close. And I think it is such an extraordinary experience that you do get as a bonus of surfing, you know, yeah. being out in their habitat and just being a part of, you know, that with them is just, yeah, it's so cool. I recently went down um, to Urban Surf, which is the surf park in Melbourne. Mm, that's on the bucket list. That is yeah. so on the bucket list. Yeah, just- yeah. And it was, it was a, such an experience, but you're also in like a concrete yeah. kind of pool and it's chlorine and there's a machine going to create the waves and there's like this noise and all of this. And I was like, oh, wow. Like, yeah, I love being in nature yeah. so much. And, you know, yeah, like at Urban you get to you're up it's your way yeah. like you know you're not hustle, hustling with anybody else to get a wave and that sort of thing um and the wave is the same every time so you can really you know um hone in on a few things that you yeah. want to and all of yeah. that but i was like oh nothing beats home yeah like, we've got just some of the most amazing beaches here all right so i've got another another question for you uh, what advice would you give someone that wants to pursue their own personal meditation. So if I come in off the street and come yeah. and see you, what's what, what advice do you have for me? Well, anybody can learn. Um, I would love to teach you. Yeah, uh, yeah Vedic meditation. I teach five-year-olds. I teach 85-year-olds. Um, it's a really specific technique. Um, it's really different to other techniques out there. So lots of techniques are kind of on the contemplative level of the mind. So we're still thinking about you know, relaxing our body or, um, you know, we're listening to an app or we're, you know. Um, Connected in some way. Yeah, we're, we're trying to imagine a beach scene or something like that. Um, Vedic meditation is a 5,000-year-old technique um, that originated in India. So I spent a year studying and graduated in India um, and got back to the South Coast eight years ago, almost eight years ago and have been teaching ever since. Um, so This is a technique that uses a mantra, which is a sound without meaning that's charming to your mind. So it's kind of like being given your set of car keys. So your car keys work for your car and they don't work for my car and my car keys work for my car and don't work for your car. Um, And so the correct mantra for the correct person passed on in the correct way, which is what I spent a year studying, 
is going to allow the mind to move from that busy, active, wavy level down towards inner quietness and stillness. So you sit down, you close your eyes, you say your sound inside of your awareness and your mind just starts to settle. Um, It moves beyond your breathing, beyond your mantra, beyond thoughts to a complete state of rest. Um, So anybody can do this. Um, It's just that, you know, I I talk about it like a, you know, like a phone charger as well. Like, you know, we've been doing a good job, but we're living very outward models of life. Um, And meditation is, you know, charging yourself up, you know, connecting yourself in. Um, But it doesn't need to be something that's difficult or stressful. You know, the correct mantra for the correct person passed on in the correct way. People have this experience of feeling deep rest in their mind and body very, very quickly, the same way that I did. So it's not a matter of coming and doing a course and then in like six, eight, 12, you know, 16 weeks later that you're going to have an experience and you're going to get good at it or anything like that. Um, Your mantra is literally going to do all of the work for you. So your role is to sit down for 20 minutes, two times a day, um, carve out that time. Your mind and body is going to be delivered really deep rest. Um, and so I didn't think myself better. I just gave my mind and body the conditions every day where it could move out of that fight or flight biochemistry, move into what we call stay and play biochemistry. So yeah. serotonin and dopamine, yeah. all of that feel good biochemistry. Yeah. And so I think the great misconception about meditation is that it's about doing less, like, you know, withdrawing from the world. Um, but you know, I'm here to tell people it's about being able to do more. Um, you know, I would be in Byron doing three surfs a day, you know, on the beach meditating so that I can get back out there because I had spaghetti arms. I wanted my, I wanted my body to recharge again so that I could go out for another surf. Um, and that's really what it's given me. It's given me life. Um, it's given me an ability to really live fully, um, And so, you know, it's really cool to see, you know, people, especially, you know, so many people think I'm not going to be able to do this and it's not going to work for me. I have never seen anybody before that has left a course that has felt like that. Um, Anybody, you know, can practice and enjoy Vedic meditation. Um, And it's, it's a real game changer. So if all that's, you know, going on, like, who isn't tired? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, Trust me, i got a nine-month-old. I'm tired. Yeah, yeah <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Who isn't tired? So, you know, if you, um, you know, charge yourself up, give yourself a bit more energy, you know, that's really life-giving. Yeah. Um, and it has a ripple-on effect, you know. You start to sleep better. You know, you start to eat better because you've got more energy to, you know, make something, make, you know, prepare food for yourself and um it's just yeah the that running then you know as a byproduct of the practice running more on that bliss biochemistry um you know is what keeps us really healthy as well yeah and so to do like to get a hold of you Right, so we go on to your Instagram, Kate Cliff Meditation. You got a website? Yep, www.katecliffmeditation.com.au. Yep, uh, and a Facebook as well, I'm guessing. Kate Cliff Meditation, <laughs> yep. Uh, and just to send you a message, email, or anything like that if people are interested and you'll steer them in the right direction. Yeah, absolutely. I'd love to. Yeah, awesome. Well, I've got one last question oh, and then we're done. All okay. Right. What does surfing mean to you? Oh, gosh. After everything we just spoke about, <laughs> I, I like a, what, what is, what does it mean to you? 
Uh, it is such a physical reflection of how far I've come from oh. that moment of, you know, of lying on my back, um, being in so much pain, closing my eyes and just, you know, seeing myself surfing and knowing there's a deep knowingness, I can make that my reality. That can be my life. I just got to figure out how I'm going to get there. Yeah. Um, it's like making my dreams come true is what it is. <laughs> oh, you've summed it up very well. <laughs> I just want to, honestly, I want to thank you for spending some time with me and having a chat. Um, I, I really enjoyed it. And uh, yeah, thank you so much. Thanks for having me. No, no worries. Thanks everyone for listening. Like and subscribe to the South Coast Cook podcast on Spotify or wherever you listen. And follow us on Instagram at southcoast.cook for latest updates and episodes. Thanks, guys. Bye.